You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. sexual subjects. You're listening to a broadcast of the Cuntcast podcast, a conversation with a classily characterized cunt, carefully crafted with Congress and courage to champion conscientious consummation. I am your host, Najela Ree, and I'm joined by my friend, my confidant, my favorite human, Mr. Aaron Rand Freeman. How are you this fine uh, eve? I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, I am, I am doing okay. Okay. Working on it. Um, I found my first pandemic graze. You're for In the front of my head. Pandemic graze. Oh, those are, I love that. I love black people with gray hair. It's beautiful. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Well, my dad started going gray at like 16. So I have always had one, like, random white hair like just no color whatsoever in the middle of my head um but i never had like any gray hair on like like where you could see it so i'm officially um an old head yes you can call me your uh auntie even though i don't think i'm the fun wine auntie um Um, sure you are you're delightful uh, is there a like desperate for serotonin sad girl auntie category? I thought that Can was I... The, I thought that was the wine auntie. No, like fun wine auntie, just like ready to party. She's right. kind of cool. For, yeah, for what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were the same person. You just got. You just need some uh, money. You just need so some. For pool, she's just like yeah, you constantly just... trying not to walk into it. Okay. Yeah, I get you, it. Just, you just need money. If you had money, you'd have wine in a pool, and then you would be trying not to walk into it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, just, need, you, just, need, you just need a little more moolah. That's it. Just a little more scratch. I don't know. I, think I, I just have a, a brain hardwired for sadness. No. Like, I had a horrible dream that Ronnie Radke from Falling in Reverse came to my house and for some reason just wouldn't leave. And I was trying to be like really polite. But like my parents were being super nice to him, just fact that he looks like Ronnie Radke. Uh, but it was like a weird like uh anxiety dream. Cause I'm just like, get out, get out of the house. Why are you in my house? You're not wearing a mask, get out. And it was like <laughs> the most mundane yet horrific nightmare I've ever had. And it was just guy I don't find pleasant in my i feel like chill wine auntie would not have those types of dreams again why does she have the wine this is because she has dreams of ryan ratke in her house just walking around masses breathing all in the atmosphere and shit 
Oh my god! Did you know that Falling in Reverse did a cover of Gangsters Paradise, uh, and Coolio is in the music video for it? Oh, that's that's that is that is delightful. That is delightful. That but, is something I I feel I did know at one point, and it was so harmful to my psyche that I buried it deep inside myself, and then I became aware of it again yesterday. And I was still just like, why, Coolio? I don't, I mean, I don't see the problem. I mean, if, if Coolio's politics are as such <laughs> that this would work out for him, is he would think everything is cool. Because uh-huh. I feel bad because I was one of the few people who was like, I actually agree that uh, if Coolio didn't want Weird Al to make fun of Gangster's Paradise, if he was you know, trying to make a song about inner city turmoil and Black Plain. Maybe he did not want a white man making a silly song off it. Uh, But then he let Ronnie friggin' Radgate do it. So I I think that dark knowledge is why I woke up today with two gray hairs. Right, and that's why you would need the wine. <laughs> I'm just saying the origins of fun wine, Auntie, are dark. That's what yeah. I'm saying. The origin uh, story. And I is- do realize, uh, my audience, uh, you guys probably do not know who Ronnie Radke are falling in the verses. And um, I'm just going to say, if you have alcohol or a nice fat blunt and you're not going to be too disturbed by what you see, look them up. Otherwise, just skip it. Like your life will not be improved by learning about this. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be wine auntie. Um, I also think wine aunties have to um, love to dish the tea. What you do? Um, what you do? You just did. You, you're, um, you're, you're edible auntie. Like we do, we do need to, the problem <laughs> The problem is, is that we have terms that don't, that need to be a little more um, flexible, a little more malleable. Um, edible auntie and wine auntie are the same auntie in different times, in different places in the United States. So you tell me you would be edible auntie. I guess. Well, I, like, I feel like I'm at, like, my most agreeable and great to be around after I have smoked a bowl and I have mangoes to eat to calm my throat after i've smoked the ball uh and then i'm just like one with the universe like everything is fine right <laughs> give me a bowl of mangoes life is good i am purring like a kitten right uh and the the, the heat death of the universe isn't even on my mind which it usually is like i said the origins of um, fun edible auntie are also dark uh yeah yeah um i think it's especially cruel that i've had to raw dog reality during this pandemic because um i i'm not cool enough to have a drug dealer here uh yeah it doesn't stop drug dealers happening amateur pharmaceutical provider ah in the region uh, yeah. 
I mean, uh, I don't know how they do it in North Carolina, but in New Jersey, I just, whoever I dated would just give me drugs. Um. So I never uh, had to build up that skill of sourcing. Well, where is the nearest uh, state with legalized marijuana? I think it's New Jersey. Um, then that's probably where, that's probably what's happening. Um, I find like in places, like you're just, people just literally import edibles. They buy it in, they buy it properly from places with legal marijuana and then just take it over to places and sell them. So it's like, even like your weed dealer might have proper edibles and he might be like a reseller. (laughs) <laughs> of um of cannabis products yeah so but you got to find the person and uh that is a thing it's not the same way it was in the tri-state area in no. like 2012 for example it is literally not. everybody was just like oh i like your face here's some apples like you didn't even have to ask for it no they were trying to get you all um yeah, they were trying to get you all malleable so they could touch your butt. But still still good weed. Either. Yeah. That is usually how uh, I'm going to age myself this. Uh, that's how I, I tried Molly uh, for the first time, which didn't get me high or make me horny. But no chill kind of cured my depression for like six months. Um. Hold on, what happened? Yeah, uh, I went uh, seeing this guy. He was a lawyer, and it was weird because he had the same first name as my brother, which is never cool. Um, uh, and he uh, he was an enthusiast of uh, certain substances. Um, I only was like, I'll do like we or whatever, but I don't know. He's like, you had Molly. He's like, that's what the, the rappers are talking about. He's older, so it was weird. He had a backwards cap. It was slightly racist. Uh, but he he uh, gave me some Diet Pepsi uh, and then gave me some Molly, put it on me, uh, and then somebody take a shot of the Pepsi. And... Um, I was like, okay, I don't feel anything. He's like, oh, just wait a while. Uh, and then I went on a two and a half hour rant about just how much I miss storage devices that we don't use anymore. Like the elegance of a mini disc and the utility of a jazz drive. <laughs> like, I, I was just in my zone. Uh, and then he's like, so you get to touch my pee-pee? And I was like, like, I don't know if he just heard me. Like, do you remember the Omega Drive? Like, we've lost so much. I was going to say, Molly, uh, it just makes you more malleable in general. It just, it just it makes you more malleable. It makes you more flexible. Um, uh, it yeah. just made me thirsty. And really excited about storage, <laughs> digital right. storage. Right. It doesn't like it's a common. It's a trope where it's like you think you get Molly and you get on, 
you get you get you you're willing to have sex with anybody which is, is untrue that isn't the um that isn't what it, it just makes you more open to the things you were thinking about so if you were sort of kind of thinking about touching someone you're just more open to it but mostly whatever it is including if you want to talk about storage devices Oh, I had some good memories. Uh, CDs, never my thing. But like jazz dives, disc dives, uh, Nintendo 64 cartridges. Uh-uh. Those are, bless you, those are all fire hazards. <laughs> bless you, though. Those are all fire. Those are all fire hazards. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a reason why we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't need we don't those things. Um, I'm anti-old storage, so you and I are just is just opposed we're just on opposite sides well i i also know that i am a collector of digital trash like when i moved uh i realized like i had like a freaking steam machine um i found 3.5 floppy disk i found a 5.5 floppy disk of logo writer a (laughs) a program that i used in kindergarten, because I throw out nothing. <laughs> That's crazy. How did you? I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I've had several house fires, so I don't have nothing, and I junk a lot of shit. I don't know how the hell. A well, 5. I think 5 it's because I was a weird kid, so I'm like, I've imprinted on this um, program, and the program has to live on the disc. So I took the disc. So I can remember how good the program made me feel, despite, you know, can't use it anymore. Though my dad, I found out, still has a 3.5 drive and a 5.5 drive. Because you think, well, just in case. I don't know, just in case just what? Just in case of what? I There's don't know. information and have 12 <laughs> megabytes of fucking information on the fucking thing. It doesn't matter what's just is this... Like that's that's someone who watched who grew up watching hack. That's the people people who grew up watching hackers, for example, like the movie. Because mm-hmm. you think when you think all computer information has relevance to other comp- no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Computer information ages out of itself. <laughs> because yeah. according to my dad, um, uh, putting everything on the internet is how they get you. I don't know who they is. Right. And what they're trying to get, but he's right, right. very concerned about it. Right, he grew up watching those hacker movies. Hundred percent, he watched the wrong hacker movie, and now he thinks that the computer that that just that certain things, certain computer things, have natural like sinister intent on principle. Like the internet has sinister intent as like an, an entity, like it's like a dragon at the center of the earth. The internet it consumes all information. Yeah. And I kind of feel like the internet made us all lamer. Like we're having less sex, we're doing less drugs. Uh, you know, humans got a little more boring now that we get like all our dopamine from likes on Instagram. We, you know what it is? It's almost like more people, our highs are a little different, but more people get to experience some variation of said high because of the yeah. internet. I am kind of sad that I missed the window to try Coke. What are you talking about? Um, there's way too much, like, fentanyl-laced stuff out there. I don't want to, like, unalive myself accidentally. All of, uh, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. I, I, you gotta, you gotta know the right person. Um, otherwise, you're absolutely correct, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, you yeah. it's, uh, 
Yes, um, the now the, now that's a dis, now that's a proper pandemic discussion. The quality of some of the drugs that circulate in America have taken a nosedive since the way pandemic down. started. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, that it's, is true. Like if if you are thinking about going to rehab to kick your coke habit, do that shit because it's a dangerous drug right now. I mean, it wasn't like super safe before, but like not great now even less so than before but i kind of feel like i was on adderall like prescribed to me so if crushed up adderall uh is the same as coke as i've been told um wouldn't coke just make me a functional human being yes oh that's no fun i mean uh, i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't have the same reaction to it now it would still slap but you wouldn't have the same (laughs) well i guess i'm like ooh, i could arrange my thoughts and i won't they won't be so racy maybe that would be okay cool but um i don't i don't know um it just seems so cool in movies um it's funny the people with adhd who have taken coke and mellow out are more of an uh, are more of an advertisement for coke than the movies where like you know People, you know, flip out, <laughs> really. Or like Jesse Spano in that special episode of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. I'm so scared. I hated Saved by the Bell. Anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of Coke, um, <laughs> <laughs> queen of transitions. Uh, so, um, I've been uh, annoyed for the past couple of days by a story that I can't, I have actively tried to avoid and it follows me wherever I go uh and that is John Mulaney you know who he is the comedian yeah he's a, yeah. Yeah, he's a, um, he's a one of the uh, better white ones I don't know it's because I have a lot of like fourth fifth wave uh touchy-feely feminists in my uh feeds but apparently, people have taken his uh, latest life decisions super personally. What he do? Um, uh, went on like a coke binge, I guess. Went to rehab, divorced his wife, and uh, knocked up the chick from G Four, the cute one. Olivia Munn. Munn. Yeah. Oh. And white women are upset. <laughs> Like, like he didn't check in with them first and they thought he would have. I don't know. It's it's friggin' weird, man. <laughs> like, I've seen tweet people saying, like, I don't even know how I can believe in love anymore. I mean, um, I'm going to delete Bumble because what's the point? <laughs> I realize this now that we now that we've talked about it is that um is I think his ex-wife represents the the best of like city bound white womanhood like as an artist and all that stuff like she is the like she is like the goal she is she is the goal for like the cast of girls for example but i mean and don't get me wrong i very much enjoy john mulaney's writing and his comedy i even liked his very weird sitcom because it was very weird um like I feel like I got it, but uh, 
I don't know how he's supposedly this like prize, this like goal, like couple goals. Cause like, if you remember early John Mulaney, before he put on the suit, uh, he just talked about being uh, a depressed coke addict. Yes. But he dug himself out. Again, now you're talking about white maleness. And I think that he is also the goal of um he's an aspire. He's like the thing that like you would want your white dude to be, I think, if you are the if you are the right white woman. Like there's a lot of culture. I realize this now, there's a lot of like cultural separation that us as two Negroes cannot yeah, maybe because like i just don't get it we don't I'm like, get okay, it so like it's like culturally like, there's like there might be like the cultural ideal might be like you know the the white woman cultural ideal is his ex-wife and then the cultural male white ideal is like john mulaney having dug himself out of his coke habit to become a very funny besuited white man I mean, like, of value he, he was very much like a my wife because like she deals with his bullshit that to me is not aspirational. Um, I agree like, with you. Um, I'm just, I'm like, just trying to. I'm, I've dated somebody with, uh, you know, substance abuse issues, and um, didn't make me feel seen and appreciated so much as a place for him to crash, uh, which he did often. So I don't. Like, I guess I don't really much understand why his ex-wife became such, like, like, uh, like I see myself in her and their relationship. Like, I, I mean, obviously, I am not a small Jewish white woman, so. You know, he's, 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 he's being saved, like, you know. That's, but, I mean. Like, that, when was that gold? I mean, obviously, I mean, I mean, I'm, that, I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm black. I'm uh, well. Black I mean, woman. we know we know this much about white folks. Saving people, air quotes, is goals. Culturally, that is their thing. Animals, brown people, brown kids, poor people. If they can save it to their own idea of something being saved, they're here for it. I guess. I mean, that's just my understanding. Is that if, if you like, you're saying the. You, if you're seeing yourself and someone kind of in a relationship with someone in a substance abuse issue is kind of pulling themselves out of it, then that, I mean, I mean, that's real. White savior mm-hmm. complex is real. I, I guess. Um, also, I've always seen male comedians like uh, one would view a wild stallion in the distance. Uh, <laughs> great to watch. Um, see it perform, see it prance. Uh, but I don't want to take it home and have it shit in my apartment uh, <laughs> because it's it's messy and sad and it's going to break your stuff. And uh, like I I know a bunch of comedians. Um, uh, would I date a comedian? A lady? Yeah. A male one? No. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. So I guess it's weird. Like a lot of people are throwing around like, oh, the parasocial relationship and people like were seeing themselves as a participant in the relationship. But I don't even think it's that. Uh, I, I I think it's it's more um, 
like I mean and go on like, like I, I think it was supposed to prove that uh, whatever weird bullshit they were going through like there was going to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel and it was going to magically work out somehow but I kind of feel like you had one uh, John Mulaney and like billions of the real world so like why would you grasp onto that it's like seeing everybody drown on the titanic but like you remember seeing aquaman so you're like maybe i'll be fine like it, it just it, the math isn't mathing to me uh, i mean you know, i mean it seems like a white lady who is worthy of like who is like a goal is with a white man worth saving and it's hard to achieve your goal and it's hard to find a man worth saving so they were a fairy tale relationship for a they were an aspirational relationship for a culture that we apparently don't quite understand I guess. but i kind of feel like he, he himself in his performances did not ask for that. No. And was not saying he ain't nobody, was that. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody being saved by white people. Asked to be saved by white people. Not a single solitary human being being saved, air quotes, by white people. We're like, hey man, I really hope a white person shows up and bails me out of this jam I'm in. <laughs> so he didn't have to say shit. Whoever, whatever he represents, this is all speaks for him, for better or for worse. Yeah, but I also see, um, uh, and I'm gonna be hashtag problematic right now, but uh, I I notice with a certain segment of uh, the Caucasian lady delegation, uh, they like. Uh, latch on to the idea of a certain character like like tumblr obsession but usually it's like a fictional character right and i get that because like this isn't a person um you you could write your fan fiction and like because it, it, it this, this person literally doesn't exist yes you could be you can make a quote-unquote written by a woman man because he was literally doing that um but that's a whole human being like an actual man <laughs> so you can't be upset that this person that you decided was a certain way wasn't that way when i feel at least they were uh very open and honest about who they were as a person so you're saying is that there's nothing about John Mulaney that would suggest that he wouldn't do this, including everything he says and does in reference yeah. to himself and his life. There's no, this is actually well written because he is doing the things that you would think he would do, given what he said in the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you take a goofy looking dude, um, you put him in a suit, uh, Maybe that sh uh, shakes some of the goof off him. But at the end of the day, he's still uh, an awkward, goofy-looking dude who suddenly 
because Tumblr, TikTok, and uh, Twitter decided that he was their cinnamon roll, now has access to like uh, the caliber of woman who at one point he couldn't even feign to smell their panties. Now they are willing to have sex with him. Um, after a couple of bumps, yeah, he's going to do that. I feel like that's actually a direct quote from him. Like he would actually say that, like what you just <laughs> said about himself verbatim. It's like after a couple of bumps, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I can hear it in his voice. So I think you actually might be on to something. You, I think you might be on the right track. Uh, maybe because like I, I, like I said before, I am a fan of John Mulaney's comedy because I kind of feel like um, we are very similarly garbage people. But like, you know, we're garbage <laughs> and we're deeply ashamed of it. But like, we're very upfront with <laughs> we're garbage. So when uh, Twitter had a, like a meltdown, like love is dead. I can't believe this happening. I feel personally betrayed and you guys should give me room to more. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, no, <laughs> like, we, they, he gave you ample warning. <laughs> But this is who he was. And I kind of feel like, have you not ever met uh, a male comedian? <laughs> like, ever? <laughs> and uh, conversely, on the other side, it was very weird because the, the first wave of this happened when it was reported that he was dating Olivia Munn, which happened at the height of uh, No Asian Hate. Um, so I saw, uh, a white woman post like hashtag no Asian hate. You should not, uh, rely on stereotypes. Like nobody is a virus, you know, the, the stuff performative bullshit and then turn around and, and, and uh, basically cast Olivia Munn as the dragon lady evil tempress that stole their golden white dude, um, which I kind of feel like with John Mulaney, really? That's your hashtag goals? That That's the golden fleece I mean, <laughs> that you felt was a step too far? I mean, I mean, I mean, white folks not having a good year and a half, two years. So I can see it if his only problem is crippling drug addiction. <laughs> i mean you know i mean you take it where you can get it he's not like racist or slapping anybody around or anything he's just just a white boy with a drug problem and he's been very upfront about for several years right uh, <laughs> it, it it just i guess it, for me it was kind of like so you're angry at him for being performatively unproblematic, which is a phrase I actually saw somebody tweet, couldn't find that tweet because they come to their senses and deleted it. But he's performatively unproblematic, but you are going full yellow peril on this woman because she took the goofy dick that you would have never taken. Like, why are you so mad? John Mulaney wasn't going to fuck you, Bethany. Get over yourself. But people, like, people are big mad. And I'm, why? And also, 
Um, the flip side, I'm also pissed that now people are like, Olivia Mudd went from Aaron Rodgers to John Mulaney. And like, so she went from one goofy white man to another goofy white man. Like, well, she didn't owe you well, one a hot was an dude. NFL quarterback. That was the NFS, the quarterback rule. All NFL quarterbacks are considered attractive. It's a baseline attractiveness compared to like Aaron Rodgers held it next to John Mulaney. While they look like two white men in suits, um, one plays quarterback and one... Um, it must know. be it because like she dated uh, uh, Wonder Woman's boyfriend, uh, uh, New Kirk. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. She dated uh, Rick Flag. <laughs> right. But, like, they, they're not bringing those guys up. But also, which I think is the nail the coffin of this argument, she dated the teacher from freaking Glee. This woman is chaotic. She does whatever <laughs> she wants with her pussy and more power to her. But the idea that, like, pretty lady needs to have, uh, like, quote-unquote, masculine hot dude to your standards yeah. which it's also weird because you see it in the same breath you're like oh she went from Aaron Rodgers to John Mulaney could John Mulaney like handle that to oh my god John Mulaney got her pregnant how could he do this to me like what's wrong with you people you're freaking unhinged yes. you don't know people yes. We are, we are, the, you got it. We are very tethered to, um, uh, white mess, trailer park shit, hood shit. This is the, I mean, there is literally the manager at Subway somewhere in North Carolina having this exact problem. And I kind of feel like we, like, you don't know what their relationship was like. He could have come home every day and his wife spit in his eye and shoved a chunky crayon up his butt and made him cry. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, we're very... Why are you this invested? Listen, uh, uh, I will say this is, is, I think, like I said, white folks are having a rough year. I think John Mulaney and his ex-wife are two upstanding white people as far as white people can be upstanding white people in the past two years. There's no video of either of them dropping N-bombs. No one is in blackface. No homo, no, no homophobic slurs. Just a goofy comedian and his um, artist wife trying to sort out a, <laughs> a drug problem. And uh, yeah. You know, I I get it. I get it. You know, like, but he said he didn't want to have babies. Yeah, in a stand-up special, you don't know his life. Go away. I mean, in, I mean, in fairness, in fairness, I I know I know that. Like, listen, I get it. You don't. Even you say the thing, and I'll say this is actually a thing. When you say, people say they want to have babies in general, which is always disturbing to me. Like, they would have babies as a core concept. They want to have babies. Um, when people say they don't want to have babies, they they might mean in a specific, they mean they just generally don't want to have babies, but there might be something specific. Um, and I don't think we have a space for that in society. 
Does John Mulaney want to have babies in general? No. The fact that people in society, society wants you to have babies in general is a little unhinged in and of itself. What do you mean babies? With who? You know, when the time is right. With who? Yeah, you know, when you get older. You know, you're not getting any younger. What? Uh, I just feel like we're the first generation to like make no strides uh, in the same way that the generations before us came, we're not owning homes. We can't pay back our student loans. Like, how no. are we feeding these goddamn babies? Right. I don't want to have babies. I would have. I would have a baby with my partner now if I could afford it. But in general, I ain't trying to just have a baby for baby's sake, which is a weird conceit. It's a. It's a, what you're saying is someone who says they do not want to have babies makes more sense than someone who's willing who says. I want to have a baby. And I'm like, in general, is more concerning to me than someone who says they don't want to have a baby because, yeah. I always kind of feel like everybody wants to have a baby because babies are cute. But then they turn into toddlers and toddlers turn into children and children fearfully turn into preteens and teens. They're the meanest. And then you have a whole adult you have to deal with. That's like the rest of your life. That's a commitment that I feel like, honestly, we should all assume we're not going to do that. Do a lot of soul searching, make yourself uh, really prepared for that. And then maybe go, okay, maybe that's something I could possibly be ready for at some point in my life. But like you said, just go, I want to have a baby and have, like, I know people who are like, I'm going to have four children. With, with they, who? We were like How? sixth graders. They just already right. had it in their head that they need to have this big family. Bro. Like, I feel like that's some, like, weird societal conditioning. It, that is, like, it is unhinged the way we talk about having children without squaring away partners or income or careers. Yeah. Do you, like, in our healthcare system, the cheapest birth in a hospital is like $15,000. Who could afford that in this economy? Nah. <laughs> but yeah, apparently uh, people are big mad that John Mulaney went and had a baby, which I'm not seeing people go, you know what's great for maintaining your sobriety? A screaming baby. I'm not seeing people say that. I'm seeing people say like, well, he told us he didn't want to have children and now he's having a baby with that woman. With that brown one. Which I feel is the underlying current of all of this. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is, this is a highly publicized mess because she's Asian. Yeah. He, he didn't have uh, the cute little white baby that you thought he was going to have. He's having that Vietnamese Chinese white baby. And I'm that makes me big angry. And I feel, do some soul searching. Like, and, like, I don't see, like, black women this pissed off that, like, Cardi B let Offset knock her up again. We're just like, oh, you know, she's happy, whatever. Like, I'm not seeing, think, I've seen four think pieces about this in the last two days. <laughs> Why? Why? It's just and you know what's really pissing me off I'm seeing them do it 
like now that their um, top cinnamon bun has forsaken them, now they're moving to Bo Burnham because he's the other. Oh, yeah. I know Bo Burnham. Yeah. Which I can't like. <laughs> the thesis of most of Bo Burnham's uh, content and output is about how you don't know him. He doesn't want to know you. You do not love him. And he needs you to know that. I mean. Bo Burnham is like number one anti-celebrity celebrity. Like. Like that's his whole deal. Well, I mean, that makes Uh him more. That makes him more exciting. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how you can sit through inside and say it affected you and you quote unquote got it and then go, oh, John Mulaney let me down. My new unproblematic fave is Bo Burnham. He literally has a song where he sings about how problematic he is. But uh, I don't know. Have you seen Inside? I've never seen Inside. Oh, you should see it. It's uh, very good. Um, <laughs> it's It's good for a comedy special that will probably make you cry. <laughs> I don't know why... I don't know if I would even call it a comedy special, uh, though it, 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 it's a, it's more like a weird art house film of a guy going slowly insane in a very small room. So it's, it's basically, uh, I mean, I don't want to call it pretentious, but kind of, but also very cathartic. I, especially, you know, uh, for us who who make content and have had to deal with, you know, yeah, knowing who you are, but then realizing that who you are doesn't really exist to most of the people who quote unquote know you because they know you through your content. It's weird. It's great. I love it. All right. I'm doing it. I, trust I mean, you. It, it, and still it's white. <laughs> it, it's the the words of a white man <laughs> listen I, that's why i'm watching it is because you don't recommend a lot of white men stuff to me usually i am very long you. apology <laughs> i mean they, i mean even the white men stuff you like you don't recommend like you've never suggested that i partake in brandon yuri for example never once i've known you liked him for years and you have never once linked I me like or suggested music right you never <laughs> said that distinction hard I, I, listen exactly and in that in that in your fandom you have never suggested that i join you and <laughs> <laughs> you have may have taken it as your personal journey um uh that's because i don't remember when i first was trying to get you i was like trying to ease you into it like i brought it up like hey do you like this band and you were always like i don't know like why are you showing me this white man i was like those are three different bands you were like no that's the same white man and the same bad haircut i mean (laughs) uh but i showed you the video for (laughs) uh uh for a girl's girl boys and you were just like no (laughs) you didn't laugh the whole video i mean i i mean maybe we we, we, just 
I, I, and I'm, I'm not going to say that his naked body isn't like deeply offensive in a way that is hard to understand and art- articulate, but you understand when you're looking at it. Um, I think that, no, no, no. I think the first, I think I remember was, I think he covered a D'Angelo song. Well, he didn't cover a D'Angelo song. That's the video where he made a shot for shot remake of D'Angelo's untitled video. That was it. Okay. Cause there was yeah. something that I saw. That I was like, oh well, this won't do, and I think that was it. I think <laughs> that reaction was very like you were <laughs> insulted in a way that you had not been prepared to be. I wasn't no and because I, I didn't. Bad. I didn't think that somebody would have the audacity. Like I've only seen the video recreated in a spoof form because it's such a it's such an iconic video. Yeah, that I which didn't... is what I thought that was. A spoof? I, yes. I, I was like, it has to be because, you know, look at it. <laughs> but I don't I don't know. Then you you were you started to make the case that maybe he was being serious and I got uh, I mean he was being serious. As I've never heard him make a proper like out of all the Brandon Yuri things I've ever partaken in and looked up, he's he's a he's a very self serious artist type person. He's an artist. In the jail. See, He's an artist. What's your problem? You looked up what Brandon Urie thought about things. The man has been famous since he was 18. He's never been a whole human being. He hasn't, he never cooked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like why would you seek out his opinions? <laughs> He's never cooked. I mean, you're not wrong. He's never cooked. I mean, like, you're, not, you're absolutely right. If you think about it, like the the age you become a celebrity is when you stop, um, like being a human uh, that can relate to other humans. Like, literally, their biggest hit came out when he was 18 years old. Ah, <laughs> so. so he has. So he's not been a human for a long time. Like I, I would argue, never was. And the fact that, and I, and I appreciate that you see this. And just shield your friends and loved ones from him. Yeah. Um, so, literally, I've had people send me articles, and I'm like, no, is, is he singing? Is it him <laughs> performing something? Then I don't need to know. I don't need to know his opinion on literally anything. <laughs> just, just let him sing his little songs, and I'll go, huh. And then I'll <laughs> move on. Let me enjoy things, because every time I learn more about him, make it harder to like listen to my favorite thing <laughs> it's, well, and also i kind of feel like this does uh tie in to what we were talking about with you know bro burnham and john mulaney where it's like just to participate and consume things now seems to be like a moral decision yeah and that it, it makes it very hard. It seems it seems like there is there are the people who are really doing it right, and the people who are kind of do, and there are folks who are kind of trying to mimic it and not and missing the mark. So like, um, throwing yourself headlong into say John Mulaney's relationship, for example, is the wrong way to go about it. Um, but if but that's because he's a, he's a kind of like a he's a white comedian. Well, I kind of feel it's like the fact that you like the content of somebody who did something you 
don't like in their personal life doesn't make you a bad person. And I feel like that is also where a lot of this uh, like hand wringing and hysteria is happening with this because people are like, oh, I put him on a pedestal. So now this reflects poorly on me somehow. Yeah. Other than I just feel like you he made jokes and made you laugh. That doesn't make you a participant in anything that he's done, which is it's so crazy that I'm even having to articulate this point. But it seems like people don't get that. Like the fact that I still listen to Panic at the Disco is not me endorsing Brendan Urie making N-word jokes a couple of years ago. Like, I, like don't make me responsible for the actions of this random white man just because he made some content I like. I have a sneaking suspicion that it is um, because of because we aren't white. There is an attachment there. Um, we have. You know, there is. I do come in with the expectation that I will learn something that will make me sad about the people who produce things I like. Right. One, and also, um, you have a greater wealth of people to align yourself with. If you're like a white person. And you're trying to kind of like be respectful of the world around you and kind of like align yourself with your culture without, you know, taking a chomp out of anyone else's culture. It's slim pickings. Yeah. I also just feel like, why are you expecting that from some celebrity you like? Like, I don't, I try not to follow too many celebrities that I like 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 follow them just because i like what they do um i usually follow people who don't like 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 if i want to know when something is coming out like i follow the saint motel twitter so i know when their like vinyl is going to drop so i get it but i don't follow them to monitor if they're acting morally upright and I see that people do that. Right. Like um, another band that I really like, I don't know how, but they found me, which is the ex-drummer from Falling Universe, a band I can't stand, and the ex-bassist from Panic at the Disco made a band, and I really love it. Um, but I followed them because I wanted to know when their vinyl was going to come out. And I saw people going like, hey, you should talk about like Black Lives Matter. And these are two of the whitest men ever. Right. And I was but kind of delighted that his answer was like, I grew up in like Utah. I had no experience with anything about this until I was like 19 years old. I am not the person who you should be listening to on this. Like, why are you even asking my opinion on this? And I was like, you know what? Yes, white man. You know you know nothing. Right. But I... I... You reverse John Snow this. Right. And shut the hell up. Right. And that's kind of the thing. It's like, imagine, like, how do you... 
like if you're a person right and you're trying to figure out what to do because all you if you're a white person and you're looking at white people you're just like your favorite white person might be awful um but then how do you make sure that your favorite white person is not awful (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like where do you find out this information like what do you do with it like i i just to say i totally get it (laughs) i kind of i kind of get it i mean i'm in like a weird limbo where it's like are they giving money to like lobbyists that are trying to take away people's rights and freedoms are are they like actively doing harmful things to a community then definitely i feel like don't spin them or don't consume because then you are literally giving money to something problematic but um to have like this crisis of character because the dude in the pop punk band you liked in 2015 who totally looks like he says the n-word often got caught online saying the n-word i kind of feel like are you that shocked are you that surprised that uh the guy in uh oh i don't want to say a name because i'll get in trouble but like uh uh pop punk dude 84 uh isn't the woke king that you decided he was in your head yeah. Like I kind of feel like you're just not being realistic with the um probability that he's probably shit. Right. We have a detachment from that. I don't give a fuck what white entertainers do. They don't I don't give a fuck. If they're racist, then I can cut them off. But imagine if there's like cultural value. You see yourself in John Mulaney. Imagine that. We can't. You're a big black girl, big black dude. We don't see ourselves in John Mulaney, his situation, um, uh, any of this. And like, I, feel- I don't see myself in him, but like I could emphasize, right, with how, like, the frustrations that he's guilty because, like, we're human, but like, I am not going to feel like I somehow have a moral failing because I enjoyed the jokes he said. And then he may have cheated on his wife. Like, oh, I agree with that. I I agree with that. But you know, it's, like I said, I I I get it. I just I like my character is not defined by the content I consume. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel in a weird way because of how fandom is, and um. You know, we've basically marketed people into thinking what you consume is your personality and your character. That suddenly, um, if you like Star Wars and now Star Wars is woke, now you have to burn something down and riot because you're not, the thing you like isn't reflective of what you think your values are because that's what content is for. I think that's a problem with our society <laughs> that uh, corporate entities are are saying, well, yes, consume us because we will make you the better person. Like, I mean, consume our Wendy's because we're woke and we understand your manic depressive episodes. Like, 
it's weird. It's a weird landscape to be in. It's I like mean, woke late stage capitalism. I mean, there are the attempts on our wallets are new and unique. Um, I appreciate them because they're a new brand of absurd. They're not our parents' brand of absurd, and I uh, I appreciate that. That like I. I am one of those people that really, I always joke around that I love new problems. The concept of new problems intrigues me. <laughs> like I like, I do not want to have the same problem. And one of the most prop, one of the things about living here in America is that essentially we have the same, I have the same problems that my mom has. My mom had and her mom had. That annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> I hate it. Um, yeah. But the possibility that I wouldn't intrigues me. So we now have this problem where, you know, Wendy's, acknowledges manic depression and as a result you should get a bacon triple bacon dub a bacon junior <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm i won't lie to you i'm here for that bullshit it's new bullshit <laughs> i i it, it is it is it is clearly transparent they can't be trusted i i like the new problem i i, I mean like I don't want to hear that like smoking is good for the baby because it makes the baby small and easier to give to give birth. Like, you know, I don't want those. I don't want that advertised <laughs> to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's an old that's old absurdity. Like, I want new absurdity. I'm not saying it's going to work, but I'm going to say that I'm willing to. I want to have the laugh. I want to be approached as a, I want to be approached as a different consumer than uh, my mom and my dad. It's weird. And I totally understand what you're saying. And you're absolutely right. But <laughs> I don't know, like it, it gives me like like <laughs> it makes me feel so weird, especially because like we live in this like post-algorithmic dominance where you're just put into like you're shunted into these categories, and you have you're supposed to act a certain way according to your category. Absolutely, and it it seems so reductive. Like that's not how humanity is supposed to work. Absolutely not. Like, there's no nuance. Like, I literally had somebody tell me, like, how can I call myself a progressive if I listen to the music of a man who made, like, an N-word joke in 2014? And I was just like, hey, do you listen to any music ever? Because I have, I like, I have an encyclopedic knowledge of problematic shit that <laughs> entertainers have done, like, you, there's no uh, uh, ethical consumption here. Um, not even eating ass because I can tell you what some of the, the porn people are doing and it's not great. So, <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't know how, like, it's, I feel like we've, we've created a minefield that nobody could possibly navigate correctly and then we're going to judge people on their failure when it was guaranteed in the first place because it, whether it's new music or music uh like movies or content whatever you're trying to consume it probably had some problematic shit and like like there is no perfect uh entertainer there's no perfect uh content that consuming it makes you a good person and i see it with uh uh like the the, the people that are fans of leftist YouTubers where uh, if you critique them, suddenly like you are not critiquing that person who's making the content, but you're critiquing the 
uh, ideology that they are talking about when it's like, no, this person was actually shitty to an actual real life black person that I know, which is why I don't want to consume their content because their face annoys me. And like, that's fine. That's okay. I just, I, I think it's so weird that we don't allow ourselves to have more nuanced conversations about why we're suddenly having these um, deep connections that should not be made when it comes to uh, something like entertainment. Like, I, I don't feel like watching a movie, listening to a song, reading a book is going to make you a good person or not. It's what you do with it, how you engage with it that's going to decide that, not just the fact that you engage with it at all. Huh. You're right. I don't, I think how to be a good person has been lost, um, mostly because being a good person, air quotes, requires a lot of work that I don't think that we're comfortable with doing. Like, that's really, that's really long. We're just not comfortable with the work required to be a good person, air quote. Well, I think modernity requires so much suffering for so much mundane things. Like, uh, (laughs) you would be so sad to know how much slavery goes into everyday items. Your cell phone, the the fruit and vegetables you eat. I mean... untold human suffering the clothes you're wearing somebody suffered for all of it and uh, I think it's weird that instead of coming to terms with that and trying to change it we're instead going uh, let's cheer on the billion dollar um, monopoly corporation who made the movie with the people of color because now that is activism more so than you know stopping actual like human suffering and atrocities which happen every day like right now as you're listening to this atrocities all over the globe constantly yeah that is a that is a pandemic issue where we're the where the world's kind of closing in on us and we don't know what to do about it so we just punch down we punch down so low that we care about John Mulaney with the Asian girl knocking up the Asian girl after getting a divorce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it it is um a larger issue where we 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 take the moral stand we can understand because certain moral stands will exist will will lead to a fight that we'll never see the end of. And when you get to that line of a conflict that will outlive you humans tend to turn around and go the other direction like historically in my and my limited understanding in my short time on this earth is that if the conflict exceeds your idea of your own human life you will then turn around and engage the easier opponent so that you can conceivably win the thing you're trying to win yeah i i I do agree it is way easier to make a snide comment at you know the black anti-racist that listens to the problematic white boy 
than it is to tackle systematic racism. Right. And uh, I think that is where the uh, that is where the problems kind of kind of uh, pop in is exactly that, where it's a, you just have problems that you can't see the you cannot fathom the end of. And once you get there, then all bets are kind of off. People, human beings will, I think human beings, when faced with problems that will outlive them, will objectively respond randomly. They will respond like what they, you can no longer guess what a human will do once the problem could conceivably outlive them. You cannot gauge what they will do. I mean, only a few things are sure in this life. Uh, and that is that a white male comedian on coke will fuck a surprisingly hot woman. Yes. If he has the chance. I mean, the the same energy that he has for that interaction is why you love him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we finally did a show that wasn't completely about uh, impending doom or despair. Uh, we did. I mean, it is about the end of uh, critical thinking and uh, the rise of toxic parasocial relationships. But I have a, I have a, I think we've, <laughs> we, I think, and this is an, this is, this is where. Tell me if this is strange. I think we've become so efficient that we just don't have anything short term to dwell on anymore. Our problems now, like we're so efficient, like we don't have the same grind that our parents had. All, so much is removed that all we can see is the void and i think it fucks with us the fact is we just don't have we don't have the day-to-day grind to distract us from the fact that the reason there's no reason why you someone with eight elite skills can't make over seventy thousand dollars for example you know what I mean? Like, 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 my brain has the answer for that, and it's called dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And I think that we're kind of like we're kind of losing our way because we're just kind of staring at that, and that is um, that is uh, fucking with us. I think I think in particular our generation, this generation, where it's like. We have issues, and now the solution is all we have. Like we don't have like like if you if you if you don't like racism, there's no short answer besides the fact that it's woven into the fabric of the United States of America. There's no other answer. We've now gone through so many Negroes that they can tell you whatever you're thinking about is a problem. Same thing with with um with, uh, uh, with harassment in offices. Um, uh, uh, harassing women in the, in uh, not in um like the cor- in corporate America, we are now at the point where the problem we now know is systemic. We have to like disband Activision and like Ubisoft, for example. There's no other answer. We can't distract anyone. The answer is it's in the it's in the well water. Yeah, we have to. And I also feel to go back to my point, like there's nothing that us as the endpoint consumer can do about it um <laughs> like as much as we could say i'm not going to um buy activision games like 
Activision is already this huge conglomerate. Right. And that's why this, so that's, and what we, the, oh, the abuse is already turning out. So by the time it takes that boycott to actually affect their bottom line, which they're making billions, it, it's going to be a minute. Uh, like what, what is like you as an individual can feel uh, no solace in your decision to disengage with Activision or Ubisoft or any other, the plethora of terrible places that look the other way when people are being like raped and sexually harassed. Right. Because that's society. Like the the more you pull it back, it's just everything. Right. And I think the more, I think we're now at the point where as we're seeing it, it's fucking with everybody. And we're, we are now trying to flail at solutions that now require us to take long stands. Like, our parents worked to stop working. You know what I mean? Like, that was the goal, was to get things so that you could have things and then tap out at whatever age you felt comfortable. You get a house, you get the money, you get the pension, you get the job. And you are no longer learning things. You're done. You beat life. You 100%ed life. And you might be 32, 28, 38, 41, 23. That was the contract. We don't have that. So we're out here in the we're out here in the desert. And now at the end of this, as 40-year-old, hyper-trained, underpaid people with a myriad, with myriad problems, you then tell us we have to fix society, all we're left with. Or a hunt is a hundred year war with the fabric of America. At the yeah. end of this journey, at all of us, as we are exhausted and duped and frustrated, we have one hundred year war with the fabric of America that requires us to do such things as never buy Crash Bandicoot again. I'm forty. <laughs> I gotta get skip out on Crash Bandicoot for sixty years. Yeah, sixty years. Yeah, nobody's arms are. Long or strong enough to box late stage capitalism. Right. And you know, it would require all of us to see it and act in unison. And I think that, like I said, just staring off into the infinite void, the hundred year war in front of us, has driven huge chunks of us over the edge. And yeah. we are, we are. And mo- I feel like uh, the generation after us and the one after them definitely, um, like, we were the, like, lol so random life is meaningless but like we still like got the degrees and everything i feel like uh the generation after us and definitely the generation after them are just going to be like nothing matters yep like we haven't seen nihilism like it's going to be for the generation because think about it um you well you don't own anything your house is rented um you owe like the software you use, you don't own it. Uh, like everything is a service as uh, like on demand. So you are just going to be uh, just like a pinball in a machine constantly trying to uh, make enough money so that you can sustain uh, just basic living and no amount of entertainment is gonna make that livable right 
Um, the generation after us will have no contract. Honestly, the I think the opposite is true. They will fist fight because they actually like you. I see it now as I as I teach like kids. I've taught like kids for a bit. Um, because they don't have they don't have the same. Um, they don't have this. They're not being told. They're not being guaranteed the same shit. There's a generation of kids who are looking at us struggle as their parents, and they're like, "Oh, well, fuck this. What's the problem? Oh shit, we just have to do this, that, and a third for." however many decades but they're like 12 so they got it there's no contract of being told if you do this then you will be able to tap out of life they're seeing that they're seeing that contract as a fox in real time so well, i think that generation is a generation could be like fuck it but like the generation after that one is going to be like there's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me do this oh no 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 i i honestly think that the reason why we are the way we are is because our parents told our parents emotionally and physically beat the shit out of us to keep us in line for this belief system that they had that if you just stay in line then you will be able to get the things i have if you would just stop fucking around being gay shut up about being black fucking i don't know why the fuck your hair is blue turn that shit back to its (laughs) natural color fucking straighten that shit down all that shit and you can get the shit that i got because that's what we're doing here. We're getting stuff, so we're tapping out. And um, we're seeing that that's false. But we're frustrated with it because that governed decades of our lives. We're still kind of digging ourselves out of that learning at 35, 40, you know? But those kids, these kids are seeing it not work in real time. So it's like, they're like, oh, this sucks. Okay, well, fuck this, mom. I'm just, yeah. I'm just seeing it like they're just like fuck this dad this isn't this isn't it you you can't you 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 change jobs every four years we change states every six this ain't it <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like this is this is whatever is wrong with whatever this is has got to stop but because they're never told the virtues of any of this then they have the ability to change things I think the next generation is actually gonna be really 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 blessedly interesting honestly yeah. for this particular well, I think, reason like the, uh, our generation were kind of like maybe we could consume our way out of this oh yeah somehow. no yeah no yeah no we're, we're fucked our generation we're gonna be <laughs> fussing until we're like seven years old 100 percent. like i'm still flabbergasted that people are like oh my god cartier let beyonce wear their giant blood diamond progressive like like why the fuck do i care uh and i realize that like that's not how the majority of our generation feels but i feel the kids coming after us are 100 percent like fuck you and your blood diamond. right fuck your black capitalism yes like i said we're the biggest problem we're dealing with are the voices telling us that we're wrong for seeing the things that our gener like the youngest generation see clearly. We're yeah. being gaslit and we're struggling with it. And we're gaslighting ourselves and each other because all of us are in different stages of finding out our parents are assholes. The government's lying. <laughs> yeah, we're that, all it, ooh, it's ooh, <laughs> that hurt. Uh, especially when you live with them. <laughs> <laughs> yes so it, it I, I i had the 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 very painful uh I, I made the mistake of trying to explain they them pronouns to my parents and realize that they were having they were having a, a breakdown like 
a tantrum like a child just because it, they're here is a, a new concept even though it's not new because the singular they them from it, it it's just part of the english language and always has been uh but the fact that i i was like hey bacon they them that is their pronoun please if we're gonna talk in my presence can you just use that i find it disrespectful when you don't you would have thought that I spit on the very wounds of Christ in front of them. Well, you did. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they, they, like I said, this whole life, everything that everything they've built is in service of what they believe to be the end point, the finality. Their parents suffered so that they, for that they could figure it out, and this is what they did to be able to yeah. have something or anything that is their own claim and and to be able to claim it and then tap out yeah i can't even get into my parents headspace anymore because like randomly i was like cutting a cucumber and my mom was just like but what about a husband won't you feel so much better if you were married and i looked at her and i was like no like it, it never even occurred to me that to get married to make myself feel better I was like so do you want me you want me to take on a whole other human being when i can't even people by my fucking self <laughs> like <laughs> what weird logical leap do you make that is like that is. my brain can't even make me happy and i'm supposed to like help some other motherfucker like <laughs> Are we just inviting people to our uh, mental breakdowns now? Because that's what it's going to be. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> uh, that's what I mean. Is our, our, There is the generation, our parents, there's a generation of people, not all parents, but like there is a cross, there's, there's this, there's a constant struggle about that exact thing. How do we solve life? We know we can't. Our parents told us we would. Society tells us you can. We know you can't. That reality is just, Nick, we are absolutely losing our fucking shit trying to process all those messages at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I, I, the only uh, way I see radical change happen uh, involves aliens and mechs, and unfortunately our lives are just not that uh, interesting. So. I mean... Uh, yeah um we would need aliens maybe i mean humans we've really one thing i've learned about the coronavirus is that we are really good at telling ourselves just any old shit <laughs> so yeah. i don't know like like the people who who the folks who have it in the, who are like trained to believe that this is it i think they're just gonna believe it like I used to think that, like, like I said, COVID taught me a lot about humans. Yeah, and, for me uh, it was Parkland because I learned that there were parents of children who were shot at their school. Yes, and then their actual parents, who like were with them in the hospital. Yes, then went on to become QAnon conspiracy people. Yes, and believe that the shooting was a false flag and never happened. Yeah. Um, Despite yeah. 
having to deal with a child who has post-traumatic stress disorder because of the shooting. Yeah. Like, actually, even before Parkland, uh, when uh, a gunman came and murdered uh, so many, like, literal babies and people are like, hey, now's not the time to make it political. I knew we had no hope as a society. Right. None. Right. And they're saying is, do not drag out, do not drag out this conflict. That is what they're saying. Could you please not drag out this conflict? That's it. So like twenty minutes back, I was about to say like, "Hey, we did a show where we didn't <laughs> <go> well on uh, the futility of hope for our doomed culture and society." Um, but we pulled on us. And <laughs> listen, here no way, man. Are. No, listen, no, listen. We have, we have the ability. To make change because we can see it. I am willing to argue that we have the ability to make change because we can see it. And that is the thing. We have clear view of our goals and our objectives. Something our parents did not have and their parents did not have. We are blessed with clear vision and the ability to then change every step of our lives for the rest of our lives. That is unique to us. Now I'm now I'm saying, am I going to be able to um, not buy Crash Bandicoot? I'm going to try and not buy Crash Bandicoot. No fucking guarantees. That little fucking fucking marsupial raised my black ass. I don't know, but I'm going to try. And now that because I see it, what the thing is, it's like it's not just about avoiding Crash Bandicoot because if you have if you pay into like any of like the games as service type of things. So, like, I pay for Game Pass. Game Pass already pays for those games. So even if I don't personally play them, I've already paid into the system that lets those people make those games. Ah! Right. However, we can still note our steps in a way that other generations could not. And that in and of itself is actually a strange blessing, if you want to see it that way now. Um, are people going to fight you over it because they're going to try and shorthand the long journey and be like, you like John Mulaney and he was with this Asian whore and now you're a monster. Well, that person's trying to shorthand 50 years of growth, research and um, decision making into one comedian fucking one pretty woman knocking her up. <laughs> that person's doing it wrong. We all have the same vision. We all have the same opportunities. It can be joyful if you make it, um, but it is a lot of work, and our parents told us we would be done by now. So fuck you, parents, as an entity. Fuck you. I mean, your parents might be nice. If you're listening and your parents are nice, please don't take offense. I'm certain your parents are delightful. But the franchise. The boomer franchise really fucked it up. Lied to our faces. There you go. End of the show on a hopeful note. Yeah, like so much hope. Like we're just very hopeful here. Losing that shit. We are dripping. I we are now. Now we have to get a Swiffer because there's hope all over the floor. Yep. Gushing it. 
oodles of gushy hope <laughs> dripping down my leg. <laughs> now I've made it weird and I apologize. <laughs> so on that note, thank you for listening. And uh, I hope you will join us again. And I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>